I have a confession to make. I had the idea to write a book for years before I finally put pen to paper and published the book. So the big question is this, how do people like me who battle doubt and insecurity push past their fears and publish a book? Well, that is the question, and this podcast is going to give you the answers. So join me as I bring you behind-the-scenes interviews and insights so that you can move forward and publish your book with boldness and courage. My name is Coach Tam, and this is Publishing Secrets. Have you ever had a moment in your life where you felt like you had complete clarity? You knew exactly what God was calling you to do, And you moved in that direction only to experience rejection after rejection. Well, if that's you, you're going to want to hear the interview with my next guest, Kimberla Lawson Roby. You know about her success, but you may not know about the story. You may not know that Kim almost walked away from it all. And if it weren't for two pivotal figures in her life, we would not have the blessing of the 28 books that she has published today. Take a listen, be encouraged and inspired to continue in the direction to which God has called you. Kim, let me start by saying thank you so much for being here with us on Publishing Secrets. It it is truly an honor and a privilege to talk to someone who has accomplished what you have. Uh, New York Times bestselling author and speaker, you've published 28 books. Um, And over the years, you have spoken into the lives of thousands of women at churches and conferences and libraries and colleges. And now we have the pleasure of having you here with us on Publishing Secrets. You know, what I really appreciate about this opportunity, though, is to go a level deeper than many people may have the opportunity to go, right? Because lots of people know about the success that you've accomplished. But what I'd love to do today is talk about your journey. So, Kim, let's start there. Let's go back to the very beginning. Share with us, when did you have that that moment, that epiphany when you realized that you were called to write? So that was in 1995 when I was 30 years old and caught me totally by surprise. But after going to school and then working in corporate America, I would find myself changing jobs every nine months even sometimes. Uh, maybe a year. There were a couple of jobs that I stayed two years, which I thought was excellent, uh, considering that I was always on what I had termed this next resume submitting campaign. I found myself on that all the time because I always felt as though something was missing. There was this void that I felt. And then eventually I worked for state government. Then eventually I worked for city government and I was just searching. And then by the time I began working for city government, I actually had found a job that I loved, but by then I still knew that there was something else. And so I just went into prayer saying, okay, Lord, there's got to be something better than this. What is it that you want me to do? What is it that I'm supposed to do? And I started thinking back to my childhood 
for whatever reason, God directed me back. And then I thought about my sixth grade teacher. And then I thought about my journalism teacher in junior high school. And then the teachers in high school who had said, you have a gift for writing, you have a gift for storytelling. And I had ignored that. Uh, I believe that was part of the call on my life then. God was preparing me and, and letting me know writing is what you do naturally. I never had to work real hard to write. If someone, you know, teacher said, here's the assignment for tonight, I could certainly turn that in the next day. I didn't need a whole week to do that. But when I was in high school and about to graduate, I had heard it enough that I thought, well, let me look at the salaries of writers. And when I looked at the salaries of writers, I thought, well, no, I'm definitely not going to be one of those, you know, that's not going to happen because as a kid, you're thinking, I want to make the most money as I possibly can. I, I didn't want to be rich. That was never my dream, but I wanted to be comfortable. I wanted to pay my bills on time, save for rainy days and for retirement the way I'd seen my parents do that. Uh, but that's also the reason now that I tell people, please you know, think about your passions and ask God what your purpose is, because if you do that, the money will follow. So I hear you. So you you look at the salaries of writers, think that's not for me, but yet something still calls you in that direction. And, and, and now you're at a point where you can speak with clarity, you know, advice for our listening audience. Think about your passions and ask God what your purpose is and then trust that where he leads, he will provide such such powerful advice. So talk to us about, you know, what happened next? You know, what was that first book that you decided to write? And was that smooth sailing because writing comes so naturally to you or were there challenges that you experienced along the way? So there were definitely challenges and I was a little naive in that process, not knowing how difficult it was going to be to get published. And what I started out doing was coming home, working every evening, every weekend, every holiday. And I did that for seven months until the book was complete. That wasn't so much the hard part of it for me, because again, writing really felt natural to me. But while I was writing, I had also done research on how to get published. And what I had learned was that more often than not, that the major houses in New York really want you to have a literary agent representing you. They don't want to receive what they call unsolicited manuscripts. And so I compiled a listing of reputable literary agents, some who were already representing authors that I knew of, and they were already representing books that I loved reading, uh, contemporary fiction for women. And I compiled a listing, I created my query letter, and I sent those letters out. In some cases, I sent just a query letter. Some cases, I included some of the chapters, and a couple I even sent the entire manuscript. And the reason I say that I was naive in the process is because I thought, well, gosh, maybe I shouldn't have sent it to 14 of them because surely all of them will want to represent me. So how do I choose one and turn down 13? That literally was my thinking. But I'm sure as a writer yourself, you know that that is not what happened. And so the first rejection letter came, didn't think too much about that the next one and the next one until I was finally rejected by every single one of them. And so that's when I experienced that rude awakening 
and I was disappointed. But then I thought, okay, these editors at publishing houses, they really don't want me to send it directly. But at this point, I didn't see where I had anything to lose. So I compiled a new listing. Editors who were acquiring work that was similar to mine, or they had already published authors that I was reading. And I sent those query letters out in the manuscript out again. And then I was rejected by all of them. And that's when I wasn't just disappointed. I was discouraged. And so much so that I decided to move on. Thought, you know what? This was a nice idea. It didn't work. And I literally gave up. I just gave up. And I started applying to MBA programs, uh, was accepted to the two that I applied for, chose one of them, and even enrolled in my first course. Wow. So after being so, you know, inspired and motivated to pursue a career in writing, you're now at a point where you are considering giving up. Scratch that. You have given up. You are applying for MBA programs because you've decided that writing must not be for you. Wow, there's so much there that I know that our audience is going to benefit from as this story unfolds. But but first, Kim, talk to us. What did discouragement look like and feel like for you? For me, it just seemed, okay, I've tried this. I was hoping not just to write one book, but to hopefully write a second and maybe a third. I don't think I ever imagined that I would write as many as I have today, but I certainly wanted a career in writing, but I just thought, okay, it just wouldn't be this hard if this is what I'm supposed to do. And then you start not only second guessing yourself, but you start second guessing God, because here I am thinking, this is what he's given me to do. He's given me these skills, this ability. And I believe this is the direction that he wanted me to go in, but maybe it was my own thinking. Maybe it wasn't him telling me that. And so all sorts of Uh, thoughts are going through your mind. And, you know, when you kind of move just a little bit away from God and your faith begins to kind of waver a little bit, well, then the enemy just takes over. And so I became just fearful and afraid of the entire process. And I thought, no, so I'm going to go back to what I know. And that is corporate America. And even if it's not corporate America, when I did work for the state and when I did work for, um, the city of Rockford, which was the job that I had at the time, I worked in finance. And so this is what I know. I'm I'm doing well enough with that and I'll just move on. Hmm. You know what? And, And it's so tempting, right, Kim? You know, when we have those experiences of rejection and discouragement, uh, the most comfortable thing to do, the thing that seems to make the most sense is to go back to what we know, to go back to our comfort zone. So talk to us about how you got from the point of giving up to actually recommitting to your decision to write. So it really was not even me. I wish I could always say, you know what? I just remember what my mom and my grandparents taught me about trusting and depending on God. I'd love to be able to tell you that. Um, but it wasn't, it was my mom who said, you know, I don't think you should give up on this. We've been passing around copies of your manuscript here locally. Everyone's saying that they enjoyed it, or some are even saying they couldn't put it down until they finished it. And she said, I just believe that means something and you shouldn't give up. And I heard what she was saying, but my mom was always instilling confidence in me and 
telling me that I could do anything. So I didn't know that if the book was awful, would she really tell me that? I don't believe my mom would have ever told me that. That's just not who she was. And she never wanted me thinking that I couldn't succeed at something. So I heard what she you know, was saying and I appreciated it. And then finally, my husband, Will, said, but you have this background in business and this experience. Why can't you start your own company and publish the book yourself? And I know that God placed that in his spirit because like me, I knew nothing about self-publishing. He certainly knew nothing about self-publishing, but somehow he thought that that was possible. And that prompted me to purchase all the books that I could find on the subject. And I read those books and thought, you know what? I, I think this is a viable option. This is something that I think I really believe that I could do. And then, of course, I started looking at the amount of money, though, that we were going to have to invest. And fear set in a little bit. What if this doesn't work? But then there was Will saying, you know what, if it doesn't work, though, you'll just move on to something else. But do you want to go even 10 years down the road still wondering if you could have had some success with this? And he had offered to borrow money from his 401k account so that I could start the business. And that's how I moved forward. Oh my goodness, you're going to make me run a lap. You know, this is such a testament to the people, the importance of the people that we have around us. If it was not for your mom, if it wasn't for Will, we would not have the blessing of the 28 books that you have published today. So it wasn't just your obedience, but it was their obedience, their willingness to be used by God to speak into your life and to encourage you to not give up. The people family, Publishing Secrets family, the people that we surround ourselves with matters. I share that story about my mom and about Will all the time. And Will has been a, an awesome husband. Uh, next month, we'll be celebrating 30 years. And so that's just how he's always been with me and he supported my dreams and my goals and all of that. He's traveled on every national book tour for all of the books that I've written. So that's who he's been. But what I share with writers all the time and, and for anyone who's, who is aspiring to do anything, if you're wanting to start a business in any area, any industry, is that it does help to have that circle of people around you who will root for you, who will keep you accountable, who will say, hey, are you working on this? Or is there anything I can do to help you and support you? You're always going to get the naysayers, unfortunately. But those are the people you want to separate yourself from. And for a while, you're going to have to love those people at a distance so they don't discourage you and, and have you second guessing what it is God has called you to do. But yeah, that circle of people who support you can really make all the difference. Hmm. Kim, that's a that's a powerful word for someone, right? Is sometimes we uh, would sell ourselves short and not reach the full potential that God has for us if we're not surrounding ourselves with the right people. If we're left to our own devices and our own thoughts, um, sometimes that's really dangerous, right? So who you hang around matters. And so Publishing Secrets family, if you don't have the people around you like what Kim has described that are 
challenging you to move in the direction that God has called you to, it's time to expand your circle. And if you need help with that, we can help you, right? But make sure regardless of what path you choose, whether it is with me or with someone else, don't do yourself a disservice by listening only to your thoughts. Have people around you that can challenge you to come up to a higher level of thinking. Thank you so much for that, Kim. So, you know, this journey due to the feedback from mom and Will put you on a path that you never expected. So now you, Will has borrowed money for from his 401k. You are now becoming a full-fledged entrepreneur and moving into this admittedly scary territory. Kim, talk to us, what happens next? So we moved forward with that and I, uh, the book, I finished writing the book in December, 1995. And then of course went through those weeks of submitting to agents and to the publishing houses. And then by about February, March, that's when I thought, mm, this is the end of that. And I, I moved on. So I started my business in June of 1996. I was still working full time, working on the business in the evening and the weekend. So I ended up switching that. That's what I started doing versus the writing that I had been doing every evening and weekend. Excuse me. And so then uh, went through the summer, uh, hiring a book cover designer, getting the book edited and typeset, and then studying what I was going to have to do in terms of getting the book out, not just on a local level, but regionally and nationally. And so I started contacting the two top book wholesalers for uh, bookstores and those who sold to libraries, as well as the major chains. And the list just sort of went on and on and planned a, a book tour, a national book tour, uh, the same as publishers do. I just try to do everything the way that I was seeing major publishers uh, were getting their authors out there and just move through the process. And so by October of that year, we had an opening reception at home. And I talk a, a lot about how you never know what God has in store for you or what his plans are. He is laying those steps ahead of you before you even take them. Because little did I know working for city government and working at city hall and knowing the mayor, of course, on a personal basis. And uh, because I worked uh, in community development to help uh, low to moderate income home buyers get into their homes, into their first homes. Well, I worked with the legal department and it just so happens that the director of legal had gone on to become one of our state assemblymen. So everyone knew him because of that. Well, I asked the mayor and our state assemblyman, you know, would you be willing to attend my opening reception? Would you be a part of the opening program to say a few words? They both were completely supportive of that. Yes, we'll be there. We're happy to do it. And of course, by being able to include their names in my press release with the local news, they got all the TV stations on board, full page article, and about 500 people attended that opening reception for a book that no one had ever heard of. And so that really made all the difference. And that night when we were at home after 
I always tell people my husband had another big bright idea. So I'm not the risk taker in the household, clearly, but he certainly was. And he said, so, you know, when you go back to work this week, you're going to have to give your two week notice. And I thought, oh, my gosh, he's really lost his mind this time because going from two incomes to one, that was never part of my plan. I, I would have never considered that under any circumstances. And so he said, I know you're concerned about that. And no, we won't have a lot of extra money to just throw away or spend on things that we don't need, but we'll be able to pay our bills. And he said, but I just believe that if you don't give your writing and this publishing part of it. If you don't give it 100% of your time, you're not going to be successful with it. And that's just what he believed. And so I did go to work that week. And I worked those two weeks. I, I left my job. That was in November 1996. And I've been writing full time ever since then. So we're talking more than two decades now. You know what, Kim, I have decided that Will is the man. He is the ultimate encourager. And I just thank God for him because he's made such a difference in your life, which has had a ripple effect, right? And made a difference in so many other people's lives. So now Will is challenging you to take this big step to quit your job. Um, and it sounds like you know in your heart that it's the right decision. So I'm curious at this point, are you as high on faith as Will is, or are there still some lingering doubts for you? I was at that point. So when he said that, of course, I, my mom, I went back to her and said, gosh, you know, mom, Will is saying I should give my notice. I should quit and just be all in. Let's just see where that goes. You know, to him, the job that I had then, I could get another job like that if this didn't work out. That was just his belief. And so she said, you know, yeah, you know, you got to, just pray about it, make up your mind, decide what you're going to do. I talked about it with a couple of close, close friends. And so that was it. So I did, I thought, you know what, I'm just going to step out on faith and I'm going to move forward. Now, here's the funny story about the mom that I've told you about, who from the time I was a little girl was, wow, you know, making sure my self-esteem was what it needed to be, making sure that I knew that she would say, you know, don't ever, ever believe that you're better than anyone, but know that you are always just as good as them. So that's who my mom was. Well, many years later, my mom passed away almost 19 years ago. Well, her twin brother, my uncle, of course, you can imagine how close I am to him just because they were twins. He told me only in the last few years, he said, you know, when you were getting ready to quit your job, that's when your mom was a little bit nervous. She wasn't all the way on board with that. And I thought, oh my gosh, she and I, we told each other everything. And he's like, yeah, she didn't tell you that though. So. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to step out. And you do. So she didn't, she didn't want to deter me. She didn't tell me. She didn't want to let me know. And he said, but she and I had a conversation. He said, and I told her, he said, look, he said, Many times we have little because we think little. He's like, let her do what it is she has to do. Will is behind her. He supports her. It's his idea. You know, he's on board with it. So let her go forward with it. And so then she was, and, and she was all in as well. But I mean, she passed away and never told me that she was not so sure about me quitting my job. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And, and maybe it's a good thing. Maybe and it is because I, 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 trust, I trust it oh my gosh, my mom was my influence and she never steered me wrong. But even with that, 
she chose to remain silent about it. And yeah. Isn't that something how God took your journey full circle back to self-publishing? There's so much that we could talk about here, but I want to go deeper into this book um, because uh, it's evident that there was a special calling on your life to write this book. And it goes deep. We're not just talking about professional success, but also personal success and how that woman can also maintain their spiritual connection as they go through it. The book that I, first of all, never thought that I would write, never wanted to write, and was terrified to do it because I didn't even think that I could. Because by then, I've written 27 novels. That's all I could think about. I know fiction. I know about creating characters and story development and plotting and pacing and all that goes into writing works of fiction. And I wasn't enjoying it. I will admit that as much anymore. I did realize that it was several books of those last few books where I really wrote those books in misery. And now on this side of it, I realized that God was removing that desire because he had something else for me to do. And I was ignoring it. So that call had been on my life uh, really strong starting in 2016. And I went for it and I thought, oh my gosh, I still have two more books to write in my contract. After that, my plan was to sign another contract, but I ignored it because I was terrified to do it. But I woke up with it every single day. I thought about it all day. I went to bed with it and it just wouldn't go away. There, there was nothing I could do to make it go away. And I talk about in the early part of the book, in the introduction, that I even started saying to God, I was telling him what I wanted and didn't want. It's like, okay, Lord, you know, I want to do whatever you tell me to do, but what else you got? Because, you know, this is not it. This is not it. And so, so you're like, yeah, this is not it. Yeah, yeah I, I was thinking that the, anything but this, right? Yeah. I want to do anything that you want me to do, but not but this not right this. here. Yes. <laughs> and so I kept on my own path and, and, like, and I just became more miserable. I fought tooth and nail. I finished those books simply because I had a contract to meet and I had my readers who were waiting on the next book. Other than that, I just don't know that I would have been able to do it because I was so unhappy in most of those moments. And so finally, when I submitted the last book of my last contract in December 2017, I ended my Reverend Curtis Black series, which is mainly what I have been known for by so many of my readers. And, uh, you know, let everyone know I'm writing it. This will be the final book in the series. And I took a little bit of time off, didn't sign a new contract. Uh, that book was released in July 2018, went on the tour for that, came back, took a little bit of a break the rest of 2018, and made the decision to answer the call. And I wrote The Woman God Created You to Be last year. And then if that wasn't enough, God had a whole other plan in addition to that, because I had notified, I had let my editor know I'm writing a faith-based nonfiction book. I'll be submitting that. And that was the plan, but that God just never led me to do that. And so I ended up going back and self-publishing it. I published this book independently, the same that I did with my first novel. And it sounds, Kim, like the book goes deep into your life, which 
couldn't have been easy to do. Was there ever a point where you thought about not proceeding with this book because of, you know, what it will require of you? So it, it made me a little bit hesitant in the beginning when I realized the way God wanted me to write it. And as you said, I knew to write it the way he wanted me to. And if it were to truly help women, I was going to have to be very transparent. And of course, when you're being transparent, that means you don't get to talk about just your accomplishments and the successes and the way God has blessed you. You're going to have to talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly. You're going to have to talk about mistakes that you've made, things that you've done or said to people that you're not proud of, um, because that's the only way to show how you improved and how you became better and closer to God and how you moved in a totally different direction. So that was a, that was a little different, but God gave me the courage to write it. And the more I wrote, the more I was able to share, the more I was able to admit. And so who would have guessed that while I was terrified to write this particular book, this has, uh, beyond a shadow of a doubt, it has been my most enjoyable writing journey. You know, that's a really great insight too, Kim. You know, you received the grace that you needed to write this book once you said yes and you started moving in that direction. I think the temptation a lot of times is, at least for me, is we want to feel inspired and motivated and have that kind of assurance within before we start down the path. And your testimony is a great reminder. Hey, I was afraid, I was concerned, but as I yielded to God, as I submitted my will to his, he gave me what I needed to actually move forward and do what he had called me to do. Absolutely. It made all the difference. And so that's my my big takeaway from this whole experience. That's my testimony is that even when you don't think you're capable, when you think, oh my gosh, I'm lacking this, I don't have that. And who am I to think that I could write anything from a faith-based perspective? Yes, I've been raised up to know and love and respect and honor God, but I'm not a Bible scholar. You know, I know that he wants me to include certain scriptures that will help women in each of these different areas that I'm writing about, but am I really qualified to do that? But God certainly gives you everything you need when you need it. So Kim, you, you yield to the process, you start writing. And I would envision that as you were writing this book, you were thinking about the needs of those that you were called to serve with it, right? So I know this book is for women, but can you give us a taste, a vision of the kind of woman that you believe will most benefit from this book. So I think it is a woman who is saying, okay, you know, I, I, I do know God and I love God, or maybe you don't fully know him completely and you want to get to know him, but even more so that you're saying, I just want to become a better woman and not just a better woman. I want to become the woman that God wants me to be. And I want to do that not in one, two, three, four areas. I want to become that in every area of my life. And so that's really the woman that I'm hoping to help or to inspire or uplift in at least some kind of way. Because when we're talking about our spiritual selves, 
we need to make sure that we get things right with God. We have to do that first and foremost before we can even begin working on ourselves personally. And then when we talk about our professions and we talk about our purpose, we've got to get things right with ourselves personally. We've got to focus on self-care. We've got to make sure that our emotional states are intact and even taking care of ourselves physically so that we can go on to fulfill our purposes because in order to fulfill our purposes, we have to be okay, um, which of course allows us to help people and serve people in the way that he wants. Mm-hmm. So Kim, you know, considering all that you had to go through to get to that point of being able to uh, stand with confidence and authority and share your story with the world, as you said, the good, the bad, and the ugly. As we've talked about, that can be a very scary process. Tell us about the moment when you realized that all the things that you had to go through were actually worth it. Wow. So when I released the book, which was um, the end of January of this year, it you know, came out, of course, you can't, hey, even with fiction or whether you're talking nonfiction, you're looking for feedback. You can't wait for readers. And so I had my initial readers who were reading it in manuscript form while it was going through the editing process. And I was still working on rewrites and revisions, but I just wanted to hear from people that I did not know as well. And so when those email messages started coming in and hearing women say, you met me exactly where I am right now in my life, or I have been wanting to find my purpose and to figure out how to do that. I have been wanting to become closer to God. I've been wanting my prayer life to be different. And so now I'm able to do that after reading your book. That's when I realized it was very much worth it. Or to hear someone say, Wow, I made the same mistake that you made, and now I don't feel as bad about it. And I know that that does not define me and that I can overcome that and become better. Kim, thank you so much for being willing to to share so transparently, you know, what your journey has been like. Because by you sharing your testimony, it's it's going to encourage others to believe that they too can overcome their mistakes and that their, their, their setbacks, their challenges do not disqualify them. So, so thank you so much for, for sharing that. And, you know, I think it's important too. you know, sometimes, you know, when someone has accomplished as much as you had, you know, if I, I read your bio, uh, it's pretty impressive, right? And sometimes the perception is, well, because the person has accomplished all this, they have arrived, and they are kind of coasting on easy street. But I have the feeling that that's not the story for you. So can you share with the audience, you know, what is your biggest challenge today, even with all of the success that you've experienced? First of all, you always are thinking about what is the next book going to be? And, and you want it to be something that, again, will be helpful to women. That's where I was. Even when I was writing fiction, I always wrote about real life social issues and the struggles that women may have to experience or, or are experiencing and how they have to struggle to overcome them. Uh, but I, that's a little bit of a challenge because what is the next book and, and how will I write that? And what way does God want me to write it in? And then the other thing is that 
I want to continue to fulfill my purpose. I know that writing is part of it, but I also know that speaking more to women and having deep discussions with women and hopefully making them feel comfortable to talk about what they're going through or what they may have experienced in a transparent way, the same as I have. So I feel a little bit of, I guess, an obligation to do that, which means that I feel as though I'm going to need to share even a little bit more than what I've shared in the book. Kim, again, thank you so much for being here and sharing your story with us. I I have no doubt that those that are listening have been encouraged and inspired to push forward towards what God has for them. And I believe that they are going to want to do two things. One, check out uh, this book, The Woman God Created You to Be. Um, as well as keep up with what's next for you and, and understand what's going to be coming out in terms of your speaking engagements and, and interacting more with women. So can you share with us how can the audience get a copy of your book and how can they uh, stay up to date on what's going on with you? So they can visit any of the online book retailers, of course, Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, Books a Million. Uh, and you can also go to, which I'm, I'm always asking uh, folks to support, IndieBook.org is an, a site where you can go and purchase the book from any of your favorite independent bookstores, pretty much nationwide. So it's uh, available from any of your re- on, I'm sorry, online resources. And then uh, if someone wants to contact me or just learn more about the book, or about me, they can visit www.kimroby.com. And I'm also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Kim, before you go, I wonder if I could ask you a favor. If you could take just a moment and speak to that woman who has a dream, they have a goal to write a book, but they're either struggling to get started or they've started along the path, but fear disappointment, discouragement has stood in their way. What's your number one piece of advice for that woman to help them to get started and to keep going? Is to just keep going no matter what. And if you know that writing is your passion, if you know this coincides with the purpose God has assigned to your life, you have to keep doing it anyway. You can't give up. And even if you are afraid to just still do it afraid and you know, take some time to reflect and refocus and get back to it. And the other thing that I share with all aspiring writers is to write at least something every single day, even if it's just a paragraph or a page, but remain consistent with it and stay in that process on a daily basis. Sometimes I will also hear um, from women, especially mothers and women, you know, who are wives, how do I fit this into my schedule? I'm working and I also have my family to take care of. And that just means you're going to have to make writing your priority. That may mean getting up two hours ahead of everyone else every morning, or it may mean winding down. And once everyone else has gone to sleep, spending another two hours before you actually go to sleep for the evening, but just do whatever you need to do to make it happen and keep going with it. Because had I given up, we wouldn't have this conversation right now, but it is doing it anyway, in spite of the struggles and the obstacles and the fear that made all the difference for me. Well, I hope that you have enjoyed this episode of Publishing Secrets, where our mission is to encourage and inspire you to write, publish, and profit in a way that honors God. 
In order to stay up to date on our episodes, go ahead and hit that subscribe button so that you will be notified. And if this episode has been a blessing to you, do me a favor, rate and review. Until next time, God bless.